Today's episode of Hogan Johns is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Who is this? Hello? Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Guess who's back? 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 And we back. 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 That's right. We are back, Hogan Johns. We told you we weren't going away. I was going to say, we weren't going anywhere. Nobody Nobody believed us. Yeah, yeah, everybody's accusing me of being a liar on Twitter. Giant tease, but we weren't leaving you guys behind. We are back. There's a ton to talk about. Uh, We're going to... Focus primarily on the bear stuff, but we do owe it to you guys to give you some sort of explanation about what's going on. First of all, you are hearing this podcast courtesy of The Athletic now. So that is a big reason for why we were... I mean, first of all, I obviously changed jobs. You probably know that at this point. Um, But the podcast physically moved from WGN Radio to The Athletic, and we are very happy to be a part of the athletic podcast network. There's a ton of podcasts. Um, if you've been subscribed to the athletic, you've had access to all of them in, in the app. And now Hogan Johns is part of that. And we're very excited about it. Johns. Yeah, my man, it, it's good to be here. I felt like we always were supposed to be here. Uh, we're happy to be with the athletic and yeah, we're not going away. People we will be here. We have plenty to discuss. I know we're later than usual. It's been about a, what, a month, Adam, since we, we we got on the mics together, uh, a lot of a lot to get through, especially after the day with the Bears. Yeah, it, I think it was a month, which uh, we do apologize for. But it takes a lot to move a podcast; it really does. And there's some, you know, some some boring things that you don't even want to hear about. That's all involved. So uh, it took some time to do. It's unfortunate timing for a no- number of reasons. Obviously, we we did not want to be on a hiatus at the start of free agency. Um, but then especially considering the fact that the uh, sports world shut down all except football. And we understand a lot of people are at home. A lot of people have a lot of time on their hands uh, and they're craving for a podcast. Trust me, we have, we have heard from you every single day. Uh, we appreciate your passion. And most importantly, we hope that all of our listeners out there are healthy and safe and your families. And if any of you our healthcare workers or uh, any essential employee right now that has to be out there working every single day, especially on the front lines, uh, potentially dealing directly with this virus. Uh, We thank you so much. We cannot thank you enough. And we just hope that everybody is healthy because that right now is way more important than whoever the bears are signing or trading for. Yes. The, all those first responders, all the doctors, all the nurses. And I want to, especially mention all the like the grocery store workers 
and those people who work yeah. at Benny's. We, we, we can't thank you enough. Just think about being there and being around so many people at a time like this when you're told to, to be away from people. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for everything that you're doing, especially even if it's just as simple as restocking those those aisles for us, the the shelves for us. We can't thank you enough. We're here to distract you. We're here to be your getaway. I don't know, Hulk. You want to get going on this bad boy? I do. I do. Uh, the one thing I do want to make clear, because I know a lot of people are going to have questions about this. Uh, many of you listened to our bonus podcast in the past through the Athletic app. This new version of our podcast is available. You're probably listening to it right now. Uh, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast, this is now available beyond just the app, although you can listen to it in the app. I just want to make that clear because our podcast has been, what are we in year six now? Uh, and people have habits. We get it. Uh, and part of this new agreement was that, you know, it's still, uh, it's available wherever you listen to your podcast. So, um, that is, uh, a big part of this, but we also want you to be subscribed to the athletic to read all of the great content that is on there. And uh, John, do you know more about this than me at this point, but there's like 90 day free trials. I want to say, or something like that. Yeah, Adam, there's a lot of great stuff that we got going in the athletic right now. Give us a shot. 90 days free trial. It's more than just the bears too. look. We know we got Kevin Fishbane, myself and Dan Pompey, Dan Durkin, even John Greenberg weighs in every now and then. But there's so much more there than just the Bears. If you like the Warriors, that's there. If you like football, we're talking about European football. It's all there. It's the best place for sports fans. I know you don't want to hear this rant right now, but we're supposed to be your escape. We want to be your escape. Give us a shot on The Athletic. And meanwhile, I am, uh, as uh, Johns has been razzing me for, uh, writing more than I have in years uh, over at NBC Sports Chicago dot com kind of pulling double duty right now uh part of co- my new job is covering the, the white Sox, and um you know even though the baseball season got put on hold there's been plenty to write about there and of course um what you're here for the chicago bears have been writing about that i already wrote today john Z, we're going to talk about this the restructuring of nick Foles's contract a big part of this uh him now being a Chicago Bears. Before before we get into that, though, I do want to give a shout out and dedicate uh, this episode to uh, a friend of ours. You've heard this before on our podcast. It's become a frequent uh, soundbite we use on this podcast. We won this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing in the, with his verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Boyd pinch batting. That's our guy, Ed Farmer. Ed Farmer, unfortunately, uh, very sadly, passed away the other day in a Los Angeles hospital. Um, he'd been battling for a long time. And, um, and it's, uh, it was tough to tough news to swallow. Uh, these days have been not been easy, Johns. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll save some no. of this for the end of the podcast. Uh, there's a lot of crap going on in the world. But uh, yesterday was a gut punch over and over again. It wasn't just losing at Farmer. Friends of ours lost their jobs, too. There's a lot of that going on. I'm sure some of our listeners are going through that. So not to not to start this whole thing on a downer. Like John said, we're going to try to be your escape. We're going to ramp this thing up, talk some bears here. But I did want to dedicate this podcast to Ed Farmer because you've heard that clip here on our podcast. And uh, that was some sad news. Yeah. All right. John Z, should we say hello to Nick Foles? Because he said hello to us. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. So polite. Yeah, he is. Very professional way 
of joining a conference call with the media. Um, but he was outstanding. And um, it got we got a lot to talk about from that. So today, very busy day. Uh, the Bears and like all the other teams, they've been trying to figure out how to do media avail- availability, considering that there's no press conferences like we would normally do. And, uh, you know, they're not even in their facilities right now. The world is crazy. But uh, there were conference calls today with Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy. They did one together. Then we heard from Nick Foles. And then we heard from Robert Quinn, who may or may not be a Chicago Bears because he flipped a coin. Uh, we'll get into all of that, though. But uh, any general takeaways here, John? Z? I mean, think I think we got to start with the quarterbacks. Yes, yes. I don't know if you were surprised, but I definitely was not when they said this was going to be an open competition at quarterback. I feel like I've been writing about that for for weeks now. I haven't been saying it because I haven't been on this podcast, but I've been writing about it for, for a long time now. Uh, wasn't surprised whatsoever. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. It, it really is because you got to split reps now. You got to find ways to get both players reps with Allen Robinson. You got to limit Allen Robinson. You got to make sure they're facing Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn and Danny Trevathan. It's going to be really interesting to see all the, the reps are actually split as equal as they say they want them to be. But I'm not surprised whatsoever, Adam, that they use the words open competition. No, and that was certainly the headline today. Uh, it, you know, Ryan Pace, that was in his opening statement. He didn't even need to be asked that. He came out right away, said this is going to be an open competition between the two of them. And this that is a, a, a change from what they said at the end of the season when Ryan Pace said, you know, Mitch is our starter. But, you know, as you very quickly said, Johnson, as we recorded... Well, why would a, anybody believe them back then? Well, right. And, that, and that's what I was going to say. You very quickly in our podcast that we recorded at Hal's Hall that day said, look, he's the only quarterback that's really on the roster right now because the other guys aren't going to be here. So, of course, they're going to say he's the starter. That changes with the acquisition of Nick Foles. Uh, and just a little bit more detail that Matt Nagy gave us that Mitch will get the, you know, the first crack at the reps. When you know, whenever practices start, Mitch will be the the guy that goes first. But those reps will be split. It will be a fair competition, and that's that's really the many the best guy win. Yeah, to me, that's just symbolic. It's like you're, you, we know you've been here longer. Type move. The more meaningful move is actually acquiring Nick Foles to come in here and saying you're having an open competition and. and Look, I know some people got carried away with what was said at the end of the year press conference. You and I, I thought, had the right take on it. Like, like you mentioned earlier, just you need some clarity. You need to really think this through, just in terms of how tough the quarterback spot had, had gotten, how tough a decision the Bears were facing, but how open-minded yet they were in trying to to, to fix it. So. It was good to hear the Bears finally articulate that. I guess that's one of my main takeaways. It was good to hear that that from them, actually. Uh, as far as Nick Foles, I, I got to be honest. I, I was impressed. I, I know you just played that quick soundbite, Adam, but he was well, we impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was very impressive throughout, what, was 20, 25 minutes, whatever he talked to us for, 30 minutes? I think it was 42 minutes. 42 minutes? Yeah. Wow. Hang on, so, we had a couple. Con- there was it was a busy day. Let's see. Oh, it was thirty minutes. He was so, thirty. The Nagy pace presser was forty two. So f- throughout that thirty minutes of Nick Foles talking to us, I kept thinking, "Wow, this guy does not sound like a backup quarterback. This guy sounds like a starting quarterback. He he doesn't sound deferential. 
He sounds competitive. He sounds like a leader. Calling Mitch Trubisky, you know, making sure things are, are ironed out, that they don't have any, you know, friction friction between them uh, almost immediately. I thought that spoke volumes about Nick Foles, and I was just impressed. I was, I really was impressed with the, the 30 minutes we got to spend with him over the phone. Well, yeah, let's give our listeners a chance to hear that because um, that was, uh, you know, one of the sub-headlines today uh, that Nick Foles immediately reached out to Mitch Trubisky. He made the phone call. He made the effort to call Mitch and, um, you know, kind of clear the air, make sure they got off on the right foot. And uh, here's what Nick Foles had to say about why he called Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, you know, I felt like it was important to call Mitch and just introduce myself. We had met um, when we had played against each other, but that's different than this situation. And, uh, you know, the big thing was just to introduce myself and just say, like, I, I want to introduce, I'm excited to be your teammate, excited to work with you. Um, you know, obviously heard great things about him and just looking forward to the opportunity and just really just starting on the right foot instead of just letting, you know, coaches, uh, competition, all that's great, but like it can be unhealthy toward, with a team if it's like filled with a bunch of egos and different things like that. And trust me, I get the situation. Mitch has been there for several years. He's been the quarterback. Like I am respectful to that situation. Um, I'm going to go there and just be, be the best support system I can for him, whatever we're doing. But then when I'm playing, I'm going to, I'm going to be me in the huddle. I'm going to do what I have to do in the huddle to uh, execute that play that Maggie calls at that moment. And ultimately, our goal is to help the Bears be the best team. But I thought it was important to uh, have a conversation um, just to get started on the right foot. And then ultimately, we just keep going. So, John, I, I think you you can hear in there. And look, any anybody who's ever been around Nick Foles uh, has great things to say about him as a guy. Um, he's a true professional. Sometimes, you know, that kind of gets thrown out there as a, a cliche being like a pro's pro. But, uh, you know, in the case of Nick Foles, that's kind of always been the track record throughout his career, how he's handled so many of these situations where he's either had to be in the backup or sort of in these awkward positions where, um, like even last year, losing your job to Gardner Minshew when he really didn't do anything wrong, he just got hurt. Uh, he's He handles these situations well. He's been in so many quarterback rooms where it wasn't so clearly defined like it has been in past years with Trubisky. Hey, here's the starter. Here's the backup. Uh, but this is a true competition, which I think is even a little bit different for Nick Foles to be kind of in a true one-on-one yeah. -on -one competition for a job. That, actually, that part of it actually is new for Foles. But he decided, hey, I need to call Mitch. I need to get off on the right foot. And and I think what we know about both of these guys, they seem to be stand-up dudes. I, they should, in my opinion, be able to get along. That being said... Obviously, they both want to be the starter. Neither one of them wants to lose their job. Right. He sounded confident to me. I, I don't know if that's just this being, what, April 3rd and we're all stuck at home, but that was my impression as well. There, there seemed to be a confidence in the way that he spoke. Just to hear him articulate his plan for how he's going to train and prepare to be the Bears quarterback or compete to be the Bears quarterback during this time of social distancing, to have his brother-in-law uh, like in, in the mix. Remember that, Adam? Like When, when he said that, he's going to have him in the mix. Was it his brother-in-law or, or his cousin? I can't remember, but he, he's, a, he's a tight end, and he's going to run the Bears' routes for him. They're going to go outside and visualize this. He's going to do different things with the film, and he's going to send 
uh, pointed questions and notes back to the coaches. He wants feedback. He wants this to be articulated back to him. I was just impressed with how he voiced his his plan for preparing for this competition at this difficult time for everybody in this country. Uh, well, meanwhile, uh, because it is a really tough situation for uh, anybody to be, you know, jump in teams. Uh, I think the, the good thing here for the bears is that Nick Foles has familiarity with, uh, with this system and Matt Nagy. So that, that should help things. But the one guy we didn't hear from today is Mitchell Trubisky. And uh, so all we can kind of hear is secondhand, how he's handling this situation. Uh, Matt Nagy touched on that today. The Bears have been transparent, talking to both of these quarterbacks, telling them how it's going to be. And here's Nagy on how Mitch is handling it. So like I was saying, Ron and I have had great talks with both of them. What's important and what y'all are going to find out in this process is going to be real simple. It's going to be very transparent and very honest. And, and so, uh, what I thought was really neat when we just talked to Mitch, which was, which was, which is, uh, speaks to who he is, is you could feel how much of a competitor and you, you, you know it and you see it. He's a competitor now and he's embracing it and excited to get back, back to work. Um, you know, with that said, part of the conversation that, that, you know, we discussed too was understanding here the, the big picture is I know that Mitch is, Mitch gets a lot of this, but, you know, we could have been a lot better coaching. Uh, schematically, and I could have been a better head coach, and and then we can we all as we all know you know we can always be better players around him as well. So that's a focus there. Uh, but but Mitch has Mitch is uh, really embracing it. He's had an unbelievable um, uh, personality throughout it. He understands it. All he wants to do is be the best quarterback he can be for the Chicago Bears, and, and that's what he's going to do as we move on here. So, Johns, I, I think obviously they're going to come out and say that. That Mitch is, you know, handling this embracing. Embracing was their word, right? Yeah, there you go. That's exactly embracing this situation, embracing the competition, however you want to put it. You know, obviously you're going to say that. Um, You know, I'm not accusing that of not being the case. I'm sure it is. Uh, Mitch can step up and and compete like a pro. But um, to me, what I thought was more pointed in there from Nagy was just him vowing to be completely transparent and honest uh, as this whole thing plays out. Uh, and that goes back to actually a conversation I had a couple of days ago with Kyle Long uh, when, when he said, look, that's the, that's the key is just, you know, if there's just going to be a true competition, I want to see that too, but they need to be upfront and honest. If that's not the case, if they brought in a quarterback just to replace Mitch, then there needs to be some transparency there. I think this is, and I, maybe you feel differently, Johns. I really do feel like this is a true competition. I still yeah. feel like the best case scenario for them is that all of a sudden everything clicks for Mitch this year. Foles pushes. The one thing about this competition is both guys are pretty good quarterbacks. I, I, I want to point that out because when I say that, I'm not saying they're outstanding quarterbacks or anything like that, but we've seen competitions in the past. And the problem is that you really don't have a starter. Now these guys might be borderline starters. I think Nick Foles can be a good starter, but you know, there's a reason why he's been on so many different teams too. And I think that's important to point out, but I guess what I'm saying is these Trubisky really isn't to me getting an, 
as much credit as he should. Like it from a talent standpoint, he's still a pr- pretty decent starter. There's still a chance that this all clicks. I'm not saying that's the most likely scenario. I'm just saying it is still possible. And both of these quarterbacks are going to be highly, highly motivated in this competition. And I think both are capable of being starters as opposed to some other competitions in the past where you're kind of picking between two guys that probably shouldn't even really be on the field. I think everybody's kind of underrating the motivations behind Nick Foles. Yes, this guy won a Super Bowl. Yes, he got a big-time contract to be the Jaguars' number one quarterback. But you know what, Adam? Look at the stats. Look at pro football reference. This guy has not started a full season, a full 16-game season for any team throughout his entire career. I feel like that's motivation. And of course, look, some of that is injury related. We wouldn't have Minshew mania without Nick Foles breaking his collarbone. Let's just be real. That would not have happened if Nick Foles is not, you know, break his collarbone. That would not have happened. But you know what? That's on Nick Foles' mind. At this point, that is a strong motivation, I think. That's one of those prove it points, right? You know, you know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, or Ryan Pace specifically likes to find guys that like to prove it. Nick Foles, even with that Super Bowl ring, I feel like he's got a lot of prove it left in him. And I, I get the the angst over Trubisky. I get how people want to give up, give on, up him. on him. I get how that, you know, maybe he's being overlooked in a sense. You know, I'm guilty of it too. I'll be honest. I, 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 I've I already written Nick Foles is arguably the in-house leader in this race just based on his experiences with John Filippo and, and uh, Bill Lazor. Matt, uh, Mitch Trubisky does not have that. He does not have that type of relationships with those guys. So I feel like in a lot of sense, this favors Nick Foles, even though he's not the first guy in the huddle. But we'll see how Trubisky does, man. Let's see how he's pushed. We said it a lot last year, Adam. How many times did we say, myself a lot, that Mitch Trubisky needs to play pissed off, that he needs to play for his starting job, that he needs to play angry with an edge, with the chip, whatever you want to use there. He needs to play like that. This is a way to get that from him. Does he become a better quarterback? I don't know. We got to see it. He needs to be better. But this is is at least an avenue to take that's different than what he had the first couple seasons as the Bears quarterback. And by the way, there's uh, incentive for both of these guys to uh, play well from a financial standpoint, because uh, based on what we've seen from Nick Foles' contract, there's incentives built in there. Uh, and for Mitch Trubisky, he's playing for his job. Ryan Pace still not committing that fifth year option today. I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't think that's coming. No, no, no. I, I'd be extremely shocked. What are those like? Crazy bets people do. Like, I'll eat newspaper with, you know, what did Rick Morrissey do years ago with Joakim Noah? Like, I'll eat newspaper with salsa uh, on it if if uh, Mitch Trubisky gets his fifth-year option uh, picked up. I don't mean to make complete light of the situation. I, I get that Mitch is a great guy. Uh, he's been fair to us. He's been fair to me. But it'd be a shocker, a complete stunner if that fifth-year option's picked up. No, and I think that, you know, if you look at how Nick Foles' contract set up, I mean, it's set up where they could potentially be, you know, paying him more money uh, to remain the starter if he goes out there, wins and plays well, uh, it, in which case you're, you don't want to be on the hook for Mitch Trubisky's fifth year option, even though it's only guaranteed for injury. We saw that this year with Leonard Floyd, but, you know, there's always a possibility there is some type of injury and then you are on the hook of it for it. So, um, 
that's probably not coming. I just wanted to point out the incentive. Both these guys have a lot to play for from that standpoint too. Um, I think when you start breaking down who's the favorite in this job or in this competition right now, you know, I still think that Trubisky will be given a completely fair opportunity to win the job. Um, But at a, a certain point, they have to put the guy out there that best serves their potential to win football games. So if Mitch comes out, responds well to this, has a good training camp, has a good preseason, assuming all that's still going to happen, uh, training camp preseason, uh, and is playing well, then I think he'll hold on to the job. But if the season starts, Johns, and they're in a, still in a situation where the play caller can't trust the quarterback to make the reads, understand the coverages, and these are all things that Nagy has talked about directly this offseason, right? He's talked about mastering the coverages, knowing everything better than the head coach, right? That all comes down to trust. The play caller needs to trust the quarterback. It's one of the most important things in football, if not the most important thing in football. So if that's not the case, well, the reason Nick Foles was targeted and brought in here, he may not have the physical ability as Mitch Trubisky, although I think some of Nick Foles' physical abilities are actually underrated, um, but he has the trust of Matt Nagy. This is what he's known for. He's known for going out there and understanding every single detail of the offense and making the right throw and making the right reads and protecting the football. That's where ultimately I don't think the leash is going to be very long for Mitch because Matt Nagy, they need to win games and he, we know he trusts Nick Foles. Yeah, I really think, Adam, this is going to be interesting at just so many different levels. By all accounts and purposes, Mitch Trubisky had some very good practices last year. By all accounts and purposes, the Bears liked what they were hearing from Mitch Trubisky last year when he made mistakes in training camp and made mistakes in OTAs and then fixed them a couple days later or the day after. By all accounts and purposes, they liked where Trubisky was going into the 2019 season. He did not play in the preseason. Now he will. That is a big shift for me. That, that that tells me right now how much Matt Nagy is, I want to say, taking this seriously, but also having fun with it in a sense. That, you know, to be honest with you, like he needs to see these guys perform in some actual football games. And some of the things that the Bears did last year, I think Matt Nagy revisited that and says, you know what, maybe we looked at it wrong. Maybe we were wrong about how we, we felt about Mitch at this point in his progress. He needs to be tested. He needs to play in the preseason. And from like a, from a long-term view, Mitch Trubisky coming around and winning this competition and playing well over 16 games is immensely beneficial and great for the Bears in the long term. But in the short term, the Bears, I think, have given themselves a great backup plan just in case that doesn't work out. And it's more than a backup plan. It's an open competition. But he's just – they've prepared themselves for failure. Does that make sense to you? Like, they're they're okay if failure happens. Um, as much as it must, it must be tough for Ryan Pace and his staff to swallow, they're built to handle failure better, if that makes sense. Well, they, they purchased an expensive insurance plan is what they did. Uh, but you know what? And this is where I think we need to talk about 
if if we were to back up a, just a couple weeks and maybe some of the conversation we would have had, um, you know, when the trade happened, you and I talked about this for months. I mean, we we had these conversations about Nick Foles. I think going back to December, um, and th- there was just so many reasons why it made sense, both in terms of you know his familiarity with the the system, these coaches, and even I think the first time we talked about this, Bill Lazor and John D. Filippo weren't even hired yet, so that just added to it. But you know they. The contract that he had in Jacksonville was one obviously the Jaguars regretted, but it was their bad contract did not become the Bears' bad contract. And there was a restructure, and that restructure was completely necessary to get this thing done. Nick Foles explained that today. Um, and kind of going back to what you were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, John's about how great he was with the media and how confident. Uh, he sounds the uh, our friend Stacy Dales, who you've you've heard on this podcast uh, uh, many times. She asked a question just about you know kind of what it was like getting traded, and he kind of gave a really short answer. Um, was maybe even like slightly confused by the question. I don't know. It sounded like the conference call was going to get wrapped up, and that was going to be it. And then Nick actually jumped back in there and wanted to make sure he answered the question clearly. Um, and Stacy kind of rephrased it. They went back into it, but it was essentially about like, why the bears, why did this all work? And then we heard John's this incredible long three minute, nine second answer of him explaining the trade and the restructure. Here's what Nick Foles had to say. Yeah. I mean, with, with the trade, I think the big thing about the trade that is the most intriguing that is my, I think everyone was sort of confused about was, you know, how it came to fruition. Well, once the trade sort of agreed upon, the, the the final touch of the trade that made it happen was ultimately me agreeing to a restructure in my contract. Because if I don't agree to a restructure, I'm not traded. Um, so therefore, I'm back in Jacksonville. And I think that this situation um, works best for the Jacksonville Jaguars and for the Chicago Bears and for me. This is ultimately what I felt like what was best based on a lot of information from this last season. Um, to where, you know, agreeing to a, a crazy restructure was necessary to allow me to go play for Coach Nagy and the Chicago Bears. And um, it's probably not the logistical move if you're looking at numbers and contracts and moving and all that stuff. But it was necessary based on my heart and a lot of prayer and thinking it was obviously a struggle. And, you know, we went to Jacksonville with, uh, you know, a lot of hopes. And I, I will say this. I, I don't have any regrets. I mean, we gave it every single thing we had the entire year. My wife and I, we gave everything we had, and we, we made a lot of amazing relationships in Jacksonville, and we learned a lot. We grew a lot as human beings by the trials we faced there. Um, but ultimately, uh, it was time, in our opinion, to, to make a change. And it, it really worked best for both parties because I love Gardner. I think Jacksonville can build around Gardner. And now I have an opportunity to go to – play for a team that I played a couple years ago that I honestly was one of the best opponents I ever played for to be with a coach that was there with me from the beginning, like Doug Peterson was, I got Matt Nagy um, and just be inside of this, you know, stadium that it reminds me of like, all I've heard is, man, it's, you know, obviously it's different than Philly, but the, the fans are extremely passionate. They're, they're loyal. They're going to be crazy. 
the media is going to be different. You know, you're going to hear about the media and y'all get to know me. Like, I'm not going to get offended by questions. If y'all ask a silly question, I'll probably say it's a silly question and move on. Um, but I think everything about that was intriguing to where the restructure was a necessary move to make it happen. And I'm grateful for Jacksonville to allow it to happen because ultimately Dave Caldwell and Shad Khan had to allow me to be traded and we were able to work behind the scenes to have these conversations to, to make it happen to where they'd be open to trading me. Um, and then ultimately it came down to the, uh, the restructure and everything like that. But it took every single party being on the same page and allowing this to happen. So um, I'm very excited about this opportunity. There's a lot that has to happen. And once again, it's not about me. Um, everyone's excited, quarterback this, quarterback that. It's about the Chicago Bears. It's about helping this team and this city uh, be successful. So truly grateful to be here. Um, ultimately, we're going to pray and do what we can in this time to help different communities um, throughout this. But just honestly, thank you all for taking the time this morning to ask me questions. And it'll be nice to see you all face-to-face to have these conversations um, in the future. All right. So I thought, Johns, that was some great stuff from Foles. Um, you know, it's certainly not a surprise that this trade went out of happen without the restructuring. We kind of all knew that when it was happening um, because the Bears, with their cap situation, needed to lower that cap number for 2020, which it sounds like that happened. But what I thought was kind of more news uh, from Nick Foles' side, maybe more news for the the people in Jacksonville was when you hear him talk about how Dave Caldwell and Shad Khan had to allow him to be traded. And he said in their quote, we were able to work behind the scenes to have these conversations to make it happen to where they would be open to trading me. That sure sounds like a guy who wanted to be traded. Yeah, that's trade demand. Maybe a nice one. Don't forget, he is quite polite. We heard him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he entered the, the news conference, press conference, conference call, sorry, I should say, with us today. So maybe he, he sent over that request with flowers or candies or something. But that sounded like a trade request for me. Absolutely. Of course the Bears were interested. Like There, there were some rumblings, I, I want to say, at the Combine that were like, you know, they're asking for too much right now. That, that, that's why Andy Dalton became a candidate for the Bears, a serious candidate for the Bears, that the Jaguars were simply just asking too much, and all the Bears had to do was wait out maybe the Bengals for a bit. But maybe negotiations changed. I think the Bears' evaluations definitely changed when you input Bill Lazor, John D. Flippo, all those guys. Nick Foles, to me, made more sense than all of them. The upside is there. I know some people love the Red Rocket. I don't. I never got into it. I no. thought Nick Foles uh, has... has I know he hasn't no. played a full full year. Yeah, thanks, Mike Glennon. You know what I mean? Like Something about Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl sticks out to me more than all the ups and downs Andy Dalton had in Cincinnati, of all places. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, James. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I thought, it, and I guess the fans probably want to hear this, but uh, like some of these other options, like we got to stop with the Cam Newton stuff. Okay, Cam Cam Newton's still not signed, all right? And he's not signed for many reasons, but uh, you know, certainly unfortunate for him that his foot problems, whatever he's been dealing with, um, you can't really have physicals right now. And so for some players, you know, 
in, you could probably trust an independent doctor, and I don't really know how it ended up going down with Nick Foles at this point, but you, you got to get some type of opinion or the collarbone thing looked at, but it's a collarbone, okay? When a guy like Cam Newton's been dealing with a significant injury that it deeply impacted his play for a few years now, uh, you know, they're going to want their own doctors to look at them. Uh, and th- that's always the case. That's why these draft prospects go through 32 physicals at the yeah. comp, which is ridiculous. You know, it seems like you could just have one doctor submit a report to anybody, and it's what it's come down to actually here with Tua Tungo by Loa, by, all, by the way. But, you, you know, these, these teams trust their own doctors. And so that to me, beyond that, even I think Cam Newton's play is another question mark. But you can look at every situation, whether it's Cam Newton, uh, Teddy Bridgewater getting too much money, too rich for the Bears, uh, Andy Dalton, whatever. That's why all along Nick Foles made the most sense to me and trying to figure out a trade. There's a significant difference, my friend, between a broken collarbone and a list frank injury in your foot that required surgery in December. December. And for Cam Newton, I, I just want to add this to the Cam Newton conversation because I feel like every day... On Twitter, I get messages about it. Why didn't they sign Cam? Well, you know what? Like Adam said, he's not signed by anybody yet because you don't know if he can run. He can. Cam Newton is not the same player if he cannot run. That's simple fact. He is the one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league, and now you're taking away what makes him so valuable: his feet. It's broken. He just had surgery on it. So I think people need to, to chill on that end. And again, just the, the ties of Nagy and Laser and Filippo and Nick Foles actually playing in a very similar system, all of that mattered to the Bears. All of it did. Especially when you consider that there might not be an offseason program. Yes, yes. So, you know, I, I, like, But even then, like... I don't know if the the pandemic we're going through was like the ultimate end all be all factor, you know, in terms of this is why we got to have Nick Foles. I, I really don't because I don't think the Bears knew like like a lot of us when they started their evaluation process before the combine, where the, you knew they were going to have these conversations. I didn't think anybody knew we'd be living this way. I didn't think there was a realistic, I don't want to say realistic, um, if you listen to the scientists, it definitely was realistic. I, I don't think people were thinking like this, at least in the NFL, that this would happen. Uh, I always thought Nick Foles stood out to the Bears because of all those ties we just mentioned. The Eagles, the Chiefs, playing for Laser, playing for John Filippo. all of that was meaningful to the Chicago Bears. This is totally like a, a sidetrack, but I've I have thought about this a few times, uh, many times actually over the past couple of weeks. We got a lot of time, Adam. We got a lot of time. What do you got? Well, just how lucky we are, the NFL is that this that if the combine had been like two weeks later or a week and a half later or whatever, there's a very significant chance that the virus would have been going through the combine. Yeah. And and (laughs) I've been thinking about this all the time. We shake so many hands over the course of that week and end up in so many places. Like think about us being inside prime, barely able to move. 
because there's so many people around us. Yeah, forget I mean, six feet of separation. You can't even get six inches of separation in that bar. I mean, you, you know, and you, you even without all that, Sean Payton ended up with it. You know what I mean? And it, I, I just, I keep thinking about how the timing of this, like that, th- that thing could have spread rapidly through the Indiana Convention Center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what their ventilation system is like. But you're right. Fist bumps, handshakes, you know, uh, escalator rails, elevators, so many things. Exchange business cards, exchange beers bought, right? A lot of beers bought at the combine. That's part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then everybody go disbands and goes back to their, their homes all across the country. It would be like a, like a NFL's version of the spring break. You don't break up. It could have happened. Yeah, we're all quite lucky that it did not turn out that way in the NFL world. Yeah, but I mean, because there were other events that happened. Uh, I know if there was like a couple national curling bond spiels, both in the U.S. <laughs> and in Canada. Our where, first podcast back in a month, and you're mentioning curling. You know what, though, this is this is a true story. Uh, there was a bond spiel in Canada that that was for doctors. No, but it was Go for ahead. doctors. Okay. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and the virus was there, so it wasn't just a bunch of random people getting it. It was doctors, which was a problem. And they traveled yeah, all, all over the country to be there. So that was, was like, oh, God. Um, fortunately for Canada's sake, it sounds like they're they're in a better place than, than we are right now. So anyway, we know we have listeners all over the world. And I hope wherever you're listening from, uh, you're safe and, um, and, and hopefully trying to find a way to get through this because it is tough. And if we sound tired at all right now, it's because we are. <laughs> Especially John, because he's got three oh, kids. Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, our, our our producer Kent has a nice clip to cut out of me after I, you know, I lost the internet here <laughs> <laughs> for the third time uh, as we social distance ourselves and record a podcast. Couple couple I, that need to be. Uh, oh man! Oh man! Can I love my kids? I love them so much, Adam but it is so hard to be a teacher. I have so much respect for teachers, like everyday teaching and keeping these kids engaged and active. And I get that like kids at home are different than kids at school. Like their personalities change. You know, everybody's in line for the most part in school and home. They got a bit more freedom in how they could, could act. But my gosh, my friend, the things that I have to go through every single day, you know, uh, I, I was not meant to be a teacher. So thank you for to my, my beautiful wife for, for being as patient as she is through, you know, through all this. But yes, teachers, I love you. Tons of respect for you. Absolutely. Uh, man, it's, uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners right now can relate. Cause I mean, we got Epic going on in here. It's a reading app. If you're not familiar with it, we got think central, we got Google classroom stuff going on. We got spelling yeah. city. We, we, we got kids, Bob. I could go on with these, these apps, Adam. I could go on all day. We could do our own podcast uh, about this. But people don't want to hear this right now. We're here to entertain you. Bear stock. I mean, I just, you know, thank God for Blippi. That's all I have to say. <laughs> He's a life savior right now. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else we, that we should get to from today? Because there were other things. Um, yeah, we got to mention Robert Quinn and, and, and Jimmy Graham. Well, well, Jimmy Graham, at least briefly. It, it's it, Man, Nagy made it abundantly clear. The reason they signed Jimmy Graham is they think he's a good scheme fit. 
we could complain about the money all we want. You know, Adam, maybe that's another podcast for another day uh, where, you know, your podcast partner here is less crabby. Uh, but, like, he, 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 I almost want to just say to everybody, give the guy a chance, right? Like, he's not completely washed up. He, he, he still plays every single game in a season. You know, he's proven to be quite durable. Uh, Ryan Pace obviously knows him quite well. I get the complaints about the money, but... You know, maybe Matt Nagy saw something on tape that we didn't see. Actually, Matt Nagy almost like referenced that. Like, I'm seeing things that not everybody else is seeing. So, give him a shot. That's all I'll say about Jimmy Graham. Well, it sounded to me like he was saying that that Jimmy's still commanding attention. You know, he might not be putting up huge numbers. He might not be the best blocking tight end in the world. But when he's out there, he's still somebody that defenses need to pay attention to. Um, You know, he had a really good playoff game, if I remember right. And so I, 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 that's what I thought Nagy was saying today. Like he, he's still somebody out there that, that can help them, even if it's opening up other guys, because let's be honest, like the, the guys that, that, that played tight end for the bears last year, it, the defenses weren't worried about them. And part of the reason why some of them made some big plays, you know, I'm thinking about uh, JP Holtz, like screen for how many yards it was to set up a field goal against the Cowboys you know, he's wide open for a reason. You know what I mean? So I think that's where they feel like, okay, Jimmy Graham, a healthy Trey Burton. These are the adjusters they talk about. They need, they just need guys like that on the field. Somebody should be open. And now they think they have the quarterback that can get the ball to the right guy. And one thing about the Packers, Aaron Rodgers career is not littered with like hall of fame, tight end production. No, it's just not. It, it, go look it up. It's Jermichael Finley who had like one good year, like one outstanding year, and and then like a bunch of you know contributions uh, across the board. So let's not get carried away by saying, oh, if if you know Aaron Rodgers can't get anything out of Jimmy Graham, you know what 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 do we hope do we have for Nick Foles or, or Mitch Trubisky? I mean, my God, like relax, everybody, give the guy a chance. Uh, and then there's Robert Quinn. Uh, you know, here here's. Hold on, let me flip a coin. Should we talk about talk about this or not? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you miss this on social media today, Robert Quinn and I, I, I thought about pulling the audio so you could hear it, but it goes on for like multiple questions, and I, I, I don't know. I also don't really care about it that much. But <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Robert Quinn basically said like. I flipped a coin. It was t- it was close between the Bears and another team, and it came down to flipping a coin. And you know, it sounded like a figure of speech. But then our you know our our friend Pat Finley followed up and like three times. Yeah, it was like you know, can we can we clarify that? I mean, did you did you really flip a coin? Uh, and I don't know. It kind of sounded like. He did flip a coin. I, to me, he had multiple opportunities, and Pat kept asking, uh, "Where, where's our friend Patrick Finley?" He was on the conference call asking, and Robert Quinn just kind of kept going with it, like, and he even said, he even revealed that it was the Atlanta Falcons who they were the other team, and he was was like, when it came down to my college decision, it was fifty fifty, and I changed my mind the day I made my commitment. So I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of tongue in cheek in that twenty minute news conference, like press conference conference call. 
Jeez, I'm, I'm losing it here. It doesn't matter. It, it, yeah, yeah. But when we talked to him on the phone, I, I thought, like, obviously, he made a joke at, at the end of, of the new of the news conference again. Here I go again. I felt like he was trying to to have fun with this. I don't know Robert Quinn. I know he's a good pass rusher. I know he's a better pass rusher than Leonard Floyd. I think Chuck Pagano uh, could be uh, should be excited about his arrival, even though Robert Quinn said he didn't know Chuck Pagano was the Bears' defensive coordinator until he's. You know, until he agreed to the deal, which I don't even know if I believe that. So there's a lot of things not to, there's a lot of things to, I don't know, evaluate and interpret uh, from that 20 minutes we spent with Robert Quinn over the phone. But I know this he's a better pass rusher than Leonard Floyd. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and that's uh, that's probably the more important conversation here. And, and, and you know what, whether it came down to a coin flip or not, and apparently, you know, if he, clarified later that uh you know off the conference call that he didn't actually flip a coin uh it, the bottom line is he clearly was you know 50 50 between two teams and ultimately picked the Bears. so he's on the bears now that's what matters and, and hey even if he did flip a coin the bears need a need some luck yeah there you <laughs> it's go it's been a while they're not exactly the the luckiest team in the nfl these these days Adam. so here here's my here's my uh thing on the robert quinn signing uh I, i'm not a fan of uh, but I understand why it was necessary this year. There was a little bit of, of a philosophical switch from Ryan Pace, who's in the past really not wanted to give money to guys over 30, um, but did that obviously with Jimmy Graham, did that with Robert Quinn, and in the end went with Danny Trevathan over Nick Kwiatkowski. Um, all those individual moves, I think you know, th- there's an argument to do it. I think Robert Quinn is going to be an upgrade as a pass rusher. Let me be that, you know, make that very clear. I, I think he's clearly a better pass rusher than Leonard Floyd. Maybe you lose a little bit in coverage, but honestly, that was just like kind of a bonus to have, uh, a luxury to have, not really a complete necessity. There's other guys, there's other linebackers out there that can cover. Um, he's going to get after the passer. He's also not going to be double teamed a whole lot, you know, because if everybody's healthy, and that's always a big if, but you still have Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Cleo Mack out there. There's a lot of guys. You can't double everybody. So Robert Quinn should have success success in 2020, in my opinion, and uh, really help this team. I just think that this is one of those deals where if you look at it, where he's at in his career, five years, you know, it, it just feels like some money that down the road is going to sort of be in the way at least. Well, it's only like two years, 30 million, isn't that? Like that's the guarantee money. So if you're operating this, this win now window, like just look at it specifically for this season. Leonard Floyd, if he kept him, was going to be due thirteen point two million. Thirteen point two. Robert Quinn is getting fifteen. So in NFL business and dollars, you know, that's one point eight million dollar difference. Did I get that right? You know, I'm not a math major like John Fox, but I'm pretty sure I'm close to the number there. So just in terms of production I wasn't actually but I'm with you, John. I am for the first time. I'm with you. The the, the difference there is, is minor. It, it really, really is. Um, if so, if you're just looking specifically at that, and then you consider the production that you're getting from the two, and let's not forget that Leonard Floyd was actually like a very old rookie, 24 years old when he came into the NFL. So the age difference between the two isn't that vast. I think it's only like a year and a half or two years. So the age difference isn't significant between the two players, but you know what is significant? The sack production. 
Robert Quinn is the better pass rusher, and to only upgrade that number by less than two million. If I'm the Bears, I do that every day. Every day, if you're operating in this win now window, I do that every day. Yeah, the 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 sack per dollar ratio is, I, I think, what you're going for there. Uh, it certainly favors Robert Quinn uh, compared to what the Rams ended up giving Leonard Floyd. Uh, okay, I think that's all we're gonna have for today. Here's the deal, though, uh, and we were kind of joking around about, you know, I mean. John, our listeners were really getting after us on social media. Three-hour podcast? Man, I don't know yeah. if I could bury you that long. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, look, there's no way in hell you could do a three-hour podcast right now. <laughs> no. Actually, right now, like I left my office to finish this podcast because the internet was not working up there. And if... You know, if our, our our great producer Kent wants to cut some of that audio of me cussing and swearing as I'm coming down the stairs, because I know I got a hot mic going on, that'll be great for later. Um, but I'm on borrowed time right now, my friend. My sons are all outside. Dinner time is coming, and when those boys come running in, you're going to have a few of them on this podcast before you know it. Siesta, yeah, we need some siestas right now. Um, <laughs> all right. However, we are plan- We are back. We're excited to be back. We're going to be pumping out podcasts for you uh, next week. I, I don't know how many it will turn into, but we're, g- we're going to kind of take a step back, make up for all the lost time. We're going to evaluate the moves on offense, evaluate the moves on defense, kind of go more in-depth. Um, there's certainly more things to talk about. I want to talk about the offensive line. I want to talk about how that's basically not been addressed so far. And they're hoping Jermaine Effetti can kick inside. You know, there's a lot to get to that we normally talk about. So that is all coming. There were press conferences today, uh, conference calls, things that we need to talk about, news to get to. So that's what we did today. And hopefully we got you the, uh, the Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky talk that you're looking for. And uh, this will get you through the weekend. Um, it's good to be back. It is, it is good to be back. Sorry for the long delay. A few things to work through, but we're happy to be back. We're not going anywhere, everybody. We're here for you now. And our producer is Kent Garrison. Um, he's on board. Excited to have him with us. Uh, the I guess the one big difference through this whole thing, I mean, we're really hoping that this con- this podcast is not changing. It's what you've had. Uh, it's under a new umbrella, and we're really excited about that. Um, but for various reasons, our guy Joe Romano, though, uh, is I, I hope he's not completely gone from the podcast. I hope we still hear from him a bunch because we love Joe. Um, but it's kind of a mutual thing where right now he's working his tail off producing uh, the morning show at WGN, which right now is way more important than uh, talking football because, you know, that's that is, uh, you know, serious coronavirus conversation every single day uh and quite frankly a necessary um you know part of the necessary people out there working and uh joe our guy joe romano is one of those guys so uh, you know we do have to pay tribute to him though uh right john z so we just gotta sneak this into the podcast real quick see i got this friend named joey jojo <laughs> jr shabadoo that's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Jojo. I feel like I can make a joke here about him actually being that Joey Jojo crying a little bit, but that's yeah. kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, Joe. Maybe here's an idea. Every time you're a jerk and decided to put Michigan in the, the pick'em games for our college yeah. picks or whatever you like to do to torture me, 
we'll give him a call and ask him what his thoughts on, on Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines these days. See, I'm thinking about retiring the college picks. Oh, yeah. win one for the Gipper, boys. Okay, not, not, I just changed my mind on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, it, you know what? I'm assuming a lot of our listeners... I'm going to drop the mic, I think. I, I think I just won this podcast. You should. You should. Um, I'm sure our listeners have some questions, too. So if you want to throw us some questions on Twitter, you can. We'll try to address those next week in our episodes. We're back. We're happy to be here. The Hogan Johns podcast. We still got our music. We still got things. It's the same. It's the same deal. And we'll make it even bigger and even better. Uh, Johnsy, hang in there, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the weekend, but it's not really the weekend. I feel like every day is kind of like, it's almost like the weekend. It's cool work, but it's good to be back here and talking to you, my friend. I don't care what day it is. It doesn't really matter. It's like, it doesn't matter. It really- you remember when like you're a kid in summer and you forget which day it is of the week? I feel like that's it. I'm living that again, but with schoolwork I have to help with. All right. Subscribe to The Athletic. Read all of Johnsy's stuff there. You can check it out right now for free. So there's no better deal there. Uh, meanwhile, my stuff is all up in a new home. NBCSportsChicago.com. My column on Nick Foles, the trade, the restructure from today. It's all up there, along with, like I think, 700 other things I wrote this week. You can read it all there. Johnsy, enjoy your weekend. What's a weekend? See you, my friend. Yeah. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting.